Hi everyone, Doug Flutie here, and this is the Flutie Flakes cast. Thanks for checking in on us. It was a fun weekend in the NFL. Uh, a lot of takeaways from the quarterback situations around the league. Um, I'm really getting excited about seeing the athleticism of guys and throwing off balance and all the things they do that nature. For me, it was a busy week. I drove, I drove, I drove, and I drove up to Boston and I drove back from Boston to Florida. It was 22 hours in the car. My wife and I, we decided we were going to go back old school and do the drive because uh, we were up there for about 10 days. And along the way, uh, you know, I had some things to do up there with our foundation, with the road race, which really went well, by the way. We set a record. We, went, we raised over $200,000 with our road race, which <laughs> I don't know. In years past, it was like a $25,000 thing. And now we've just it's gotten bigger and better than ever. So thanks to all those out there that support uh, the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism. But the highlight of the week was for me, of course, going to Fenway Park and watching the Red Sox play. And I have the magnet. It's, I mean, I, I prepare for it. I get good seats. I've got a glove in my hand, but I have the magnet. Another foul ball caught. I was behind home plate, a little bit to the first base side behind home plate in the mezzanine. And, um, uh, there was a rocket shot came straight back that landed in some girl's lap about three or four rows in front of me uh, in the first inning. And I'm thinking, number one, the girls were on their phone. They weren't paying attention. It lands in their lap and they pick up the ball and they're bouncing. Hey, yeah. You know, they didn't even prepare for it. Now I'm three, three or four rows further back. And I'm thinking there's no way in a mezzanine area, there's going to get a ball that's going to get all the way to me because somebody in front of me will stand up and catch it. Uh, just so happened a couple that was in front of us got up and went into the, uh, the club for a little while and the seats were open in front of me and sure enough, line drive foul ball straight back, uh, came screaming at me. My wife ducked and yelled and I reached in front of her and caught it with my glove. It hit my glove like a hundred mile an hour fastball. It was coming, but, um, I once had a sequence of five games where I caught a ball at the game, not all foul balls. One was a home run ball on the green monster. But it, it just uh, I part of getting a foul ball is, number one, having a glove with you, because if you ever get the opportunity, you don't want to screw it up. You don't want to be the guy that drops the one chance you ever had at catching a home run ball, a foul ball. So I know I look like a dork at 58 years old, bringing my glove to the game and pushing kids out of the way and stepping on the old ladies and just moving everybody to get to the ball. But be ready for it. And uh, it was a fun moment for me. I, I get very excited about that. And it goes all the way back to when I was a kid living in Florida, going down to, uh, we would go down to Vero Beach to Dodger Town to preseason games or spring training games. And we'd stand up on the walkway and just chase foul balls all day long. And one, one day they were playing the Orioles. I did get a foul ball and I actually got Brooks Robinson to sign it from the Orioles at the end of the day. Pretty fun stuff for me. I enjoyed it. We had the long drive back and, just drive it. If you're going to go through the Northeast, you drive it at night. It is ridiculous getting through Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, and uh, lessons are learned. NFL weekend, Aaron Rodgers, big night on Monday night, bounces back, has a great game, and he's back in, in form. Uh, again, the thing I take away from Aaron is his athleticism, his accuracy down the field while moving his feet and being off balance and making those throws. I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Kyler Murray, Another great athlete on the field, just making ridiculous plays athletically. Uh, one I like to call the fish hook move, where uh, pressure comes, 
you start in one direction as you, you just fade back and, and sprint to that. And then you whip around and go the opposite direction. He lost two, three guys spun out to the outside, throws the ball downfield, makes a big completion, just um, phenomenal athlete at the quarterback position. Uh, Lamar Jackson, stupid athletic and just taking on the brunt of Baltimore's offense, carrying the football. He's just anything that is asked of him. He's going to do you know, leading rusher, a uh, hundred yard games, he, he stepped up into the pocket and did a jump pass, moving forward, throwing down the middle of the field. Just phenomenal athleticism. Uh, Big Ben's taking a lot of hits. Now, this is, this is part of my, my, my thing this week is going to be the stationary quarterback versus the athletic quarterback and what's going on in the NFL and how that transition is happening. But uh, Big Ben is not being efficient from the pocket anymore, and – He's, he's taken a lot of hits, taking a lot of hits. He's actually starting to get rid of the ball earlier, which is something I found out that I did towards the end of my career and towards the end of anyone's career. You don't want to get hit as much and you have a tendency to get rid of the ball a little early, give up on some plays down the field. And uh, it's not looking pretty right now in Pittsburgh. Uh, Dak Prescott in Dallas is playing lights out. He's done it two weeks in a row, although they lost week one to Tampa Bay and Tom playing ex- extremely well. And then uh, Tom Brady himself, nine touchdown passes in two weeks. It's amazing. Uh, and it's not impressive. It's like Tom is just methodical. Tom takes his read, sets his feet, delivers the ball. He's textbook in the pocket. He moves in the pocket with two hands on the ball, slide, move, buy a little extra time. And he's got the weapons in Tampa Bay to be that way. Guys are going to get open. Guys are going to make plays for him. He's accurate with the football, obviously makes great decisions and is, you know, the goat, the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, just, you know, winning Super Bowls, all that stuff. But, you know, the days of the Peyton Mannings and, and Tom Brady's is slowly coming to an end. I think Tom is that great that he's got the weapons to still play this game from the pocket and do the things he's doing. And this is my main point. The athleticism at quarterback is becoming such a weapon that you need it. Now, Tom slides and moves and buys time. If you, if you can picture Drew Brees in your head, two hands on the ball, his feet facing one direction, shifts and moves and turns to the left, comes through his progression. It's all footwork, mechanics, and the ball's out. Those days are coming to an end. The, the Aaron Rodgers on Monday night, fading away and throwing the ball down the sideline on a, on a long go route, putting the ball perfectly up and over and on the outside shoulder for a deep completion. Uh, he even threw a ball on a middle read route down the middle of the field between two safeties, linebacker running with his receiver. His feet aren't set. The throw's 25 yards downfield on a laser, a laser clothesline throw right over the shoulder, perfectly placed. Uh, these guys are making throws that I attempted all my life. Now, that's the way I played the game. I played the game footwork all over the place because I needed to slide and move to see. And wherever my feet were in the moment, when that receiver needed the ball, the ball was gone. Well, I did that very well on throws. I could lay it up and over down the field, shorter throws, maybe something to the outside where I could put it to a certain spot or you know, within 10 yards of line of scrimmage. These guys are doing that down the field. These guys are doing that on 25-yard throws in traffic, balls over the top down the rail. I marvel at the arm strength of Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray being athletes on the field. And I, you know, especially Kyler being my size, 
he still hits those downfield throws. But all the zone read stuff, all the RPO action that gets added into the mix, all these athletic plays are the new offense of the NFL. The one constant through all of this is you're still going to need to be able to read the blitz, know that you have to get rid of the ball, know that you're hot if you want it, and understand when you're protected, when you're not protected, and what coverage is and getting through progressions. All that still needs to be done. But these guys have added that element of being so good at athletically that when you are hot, when you do have a free rusher, they can still buy some time and throw the ball up the field. And throw the ball up the field, moving to the right, moving to the left, jump passing, fading away, you name it. And that's stuff that, you know, that's stuff Tom Brady doesn't do. Tom will see the overload blitz and then stick the ball in his man and get his eight-yard gain or throw it backside on a slant or an out or something one-on-one on the backside and make the big – move the chains first blitz. And then if you get all out blitz, you're picked up, Tom will burn you with the touchdown. These guys are able that when their offensive line is compromised, when maybe there's two rushers, maybe there's a free guy, you just missed the block, that it's game on, and they're actually better – at that aspect of the game than they are straight from the pocket. My guest this week is Von Miller coming up, a premier pass rusher in the NFL, star of Dancing with the Stars. He and I actually did that in the same season. And uh, you can't forget about his pass rush summit he has out in Vegas every year with all the elite pass rushers of the NFL. Also, remember, you can get your Flutie Flakes cast on Apple, Pandora, and Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to rate and review. And I want to welcome Von Miller to the Flutie Flakes cast. And Von, Von and I go back to even Dancing with the Stars days. Yeah. You had a couple sacks. You're full tilt coming off the injury. How how's the body feel? Are you 100%? I feel good. I'm 100%. Um, I feel like my mindset is different. You know, I'm going into last year of my contract. You know, it's been my 11th year in the league. Um, I feel like I've, you know, embraced the leadership role. I've embraced the the uh, the oldest guy on the team, bro. Oh, and, geez, the oldest you know, guy on the I've team. I've embraced oh and, and I've I've embraced the um, you know, having the task of you know turning this this franchise around and and getting us back to a, a winning franchise again. Well, yeah, I always thought in my mind, I I played a long career, but I was getting about the middle of my career, and I'd never had a major injury. And I thought to myself that when that time comes, if that were to come, if I needed the surgery, I just call quits and walk. I'd be done. I've had my fill. But the first thing that enters your mind when you get injured for me was when can I get back on the field? When's it going to, how many weeks? What? So how was your mindset when the injury happened? It, I mean, that was it. Um, you know, I was uh, looking up non-surgical options. I was looking up, uh, you know, ways to, um, you know, come back faster. Do I do stem cell? Do I, do I go see this doctor? And, you know, um, eventually I just had to, you know, be at peace with, you know, just sitting out the season and coming right back. But you're, you're totally right. Whenever you get hurt, you're thinking about, man, when can I get back? How long is this going to take? What's the fastest route to get me back? And, you know, to get back here, you don't even really think about the injury. You don't think about, you know, the, the long road that you had to get here. You don't think about all the games that you missed. You don't think about the last time you played football. You're just thinking about winning and, and, and being with your guys and, you know, traveling and taking it week to week. Yeah. Was there a point? Uh, in the rehab, was there a point where maybe you had a setback or something that kind of scared you? Like, geez, I don't know if this thing's coming around. No, I mean, uh, my, I had really good doctors with, 
you know, uh, Dr. Boblik and Dr. Messel, and they kind of prepared me on some of the stuff that I should expect. And, you know, the injury, it wasn't like a Achilles injury or like a ACL. It was just a, a basic, uh, you know, they just they just stitched down the renaculum around my peroneal tendon. I didn't tear the peroneal tendon or anything like that. It was just a, a basic surgery where they just put the ligament back over, you know, the, um, the tendon, and I was good to go. And, you know, as soon as I – it was really just a pain tolerance thing. And, was, you know, as soon as I could um, – you know, run and do all that stuff. I was pushing it. So I didn't really have any, uh, I didn't really have any setbacks to that point. I didn't really push it like that to have a setback here with the Broncos. They, they really gave me a really, really long timetable, you know, um, eight to 10 months, you know, the season was only four months. So they gave me a really, really long timetable to get back. And, you know, I took the time. I went to LA, I saw multiple doctors and I just, I just chilled and I just took it week to week. One of the last times you and I were together, we were out at the uh, Pass Rush Summit you hold out in Vegas and, and you bring the guys together. See, I'm, I'm so damn competitive that I'm like, I don't want to tell any of my secrets to anybody else. I do this well. I don't want anybody else. How'd you come up with the idea and how's that all gone for you? You know, I, you know I, I'm a competitor like that too, but I, you know, I had felt that it was information that I needed to get. And the only way to get that information was the whole these type of summits. And, um, you know, I, I got projects like every other NFL, you know, football player, but I felt like for me to take the next step, I need to get more knowledge. And I, whenever you're in the National Football League, complacency is a killer, you know, and whenever you get complacent around like, okay, I do this move and I do it this way and I beat guys like this and I don't need anything else to, to be successful in the National Football League, that's when you start going downhill. And, you know, I created the Password Summit so it could be an even ground for everybody. You know, I can go learn from people and people can go learn from me. And, I, and I'm so confident in my game that I feel like even though I tell you exactly what I'm doing, even though I show you exactly what I'm doing, I really feel like it's not too many people that could go out there and do it. And, you know, for some of these young guys, um, it, was just, it was just a way for me to give back to the game that has given so much to me. So it was all different fronts. You know, I, I could um, – you know, I felt comfortable giving out my secrets. I, I felt like, you know, not too many people can do what I do. And, you know, I felt comfortable going there and learning from other people as well. I didn't have a lot of pride to go there and say, hey, I don't know everything and I can learn something from somebody else. Then on top of that, I wanted to I wanted to get back. I wanted to get back to the young guys. Guys hit me all the time to, to work out and train and ask me stuff. And I was like, hey, I create a day where we all can, you know, link and learn and learn from each other. So you really feel like you've picked up a few tips from other guys, things that they do that have helped you out? Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, you know, I can't go out there and I can't go out there and do a power pop like Aaron Donald. So, you know, Aaron Donald feels comfortable, you know, coming there and telling us his secrets because it's, it's not too many people that can play the way he plays. So. Holy mackerel. I sat in and we were all watching film of each other, of you guys watching uh, film of you with everybody's different pass in the rush. And I'm just, thank God I'm retired. That's, uh, I did not want to be out there and see that coming at me. Do you predetermine some moves or do you just react to what's in front of you? It's a little bit of both. You know, um, I'm undersized as a pass rusher, so it's more of a chess game for me. You know, you got you got bigger guys that rush the pass and they can just go out there and do, you know, whatever they want to these offensive linemen. You know, I, you know, I got to recognize, you know, what I can and can't do. And it's more of a it's more of a game of cat and mouse for me. It's more of a chess, a chess game. You know, I might show a guy speed, 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 and they go to power, then back to speed. Or I might show speed and power and speed and mix it up and swipe the hands and then go to power. It's it's more of a it's more of a chess game with me. So I might have a, a predetermined rush or a predetermined move, and then right when I get off the line, it might change. So I, I've, I've been rushing the pass for my whole entire life. So I just feel like it's just a it's, it's it's something that I just do 
like naturally. And I, ha- I have a lot of moves and I teach a lot of moves and I show guys a lot of moves so they can have them in their, um, you know, in their repertoire. But, you know, for me, I just read and react. You know, once you once you get stuck on one or two moves then you kind of hinder yourself, I just read and react to whatever they give me. And I, and I, take, I take full advantage of what they give me. Yeah, I, I, I related to in basketball for me, I was always a point guard and I'd penetrate and drive. So I got to make a move on a guy. And when I was young, I just look at the guy and go at him and react and jump past him, go to the hoop and finish. Then you get older and you got to predetermine what you're going to do because something's going to break. If I, I can't just react, I got to set him up and make a move. 100%. You know, I, I feel that sometimes too. You know, I'm, you know I'm, I'm, I'll be 33 in March and, you know, you just can't go out there and just freelance and do all this stuff. So I got to have a plan. I got to have a plan and I got I got to train and I got to put my body in positions for me to be successful. And that starts, you know, that starts the day after the game, you know, before um, early in my career, I could just, you know, I wouldn't even watch film. I just go to the game and I would just rush, you know, and, you know, being 11 years in the league, you know, you just got to change things to continue to be successful. So I, I can, you know, I, I definitely can relate to you on that for sure. One highlight moment. What's your highlight moment? Uh, biggest sack, biggest play. Um, you know, I got a lot of I got a lot of big sacks with a lot of great teammates. Um, but when I think about it, it, it just have to go back to Super Bowl Fifty. You know, being able to experience that with all of my guys, being able to play for somebody else, and being able to win and do something that's bigger than yourself. It's uh, you you can't really you know put that into words. You know, um, Coach Wade Phillips he hadn't won a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning was trying to win his second one. Demarcus had never won a Super Bowl. Demarcus Ware had never won a Super Bowl. So. We were all playing for those guys and to go out there and play some of my best football in front of the whole world and to get sacks in the Super Bowl. It kind of becomes addicting where you want to do it every single year. You want to get back there. And that's where we are now. We're we're trying to build a team so we can get back there and we can relive some of those moments. Uh, Let's go. Let's go to the real deal. And that's Dancing with the Stars. How was that experience for you? I know how I know how scared I was. (laughs) It's it's, it's a a different environment. You know, we play football. And we share that spotlight with 22 other guys, 21 other guys, you know, and to be on the stage in front of millions of people and it's just you and your dance partner, you know, it can, it can get kind of intimidating. But I feel like it was such a huge opportunity that whenever people ask me about it, I, I recommend that they do it. You know, it's a it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to go out there and dance and do all of these, uh, you know, different ballroom dances from the cha-cha to the Viennese waltz to you know, all of these different things. And it's, it's, it's definitely an honor and a privilege to be on there. Some of the relationships that I had, I know you can say the same thing. Some of the relationships that I developed on Dance with the Stars, I'm still friends and family, you know, with these people to this day. It was it was such a wonderful experience. And I'm, I'm, I'm now that I'm uh, reflecting back on it, I, I feel like um, I feel blessed and it was an honor and a privilege to be on that show. Yeah, I was so scared. I, I tell you, I, I was just worried about remembering the steps, not totally screwing up, let alone performing. But the first, the first night we went live, I was shaking like a leaf. Who'd you have as a partner? I had Whitney. It's 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 definitely crazy. You know, you got all these other dancers, um, professional dancers that come in and try to show you how to do it, and they just do it so they just do it so effortlessly. And we got to study, and we got to do uh, six hour practices day by day by day. And we just learned 30 seconds of it. So it was definitely, I mean, it was intimidating, but I, I just embraced and I had a great dance partner with me. She made me feel comfortable and she made me feel like I could do it. She made me feel like I could become a professional dancer in six weeks. 
And um, I did not feel I did not feel like I could become a professional dancer ever. And I had my daughter out there helping me at night. My daughter came to uh, our rehearsals and then at night would reinforce it with me of what the moves were and all because I had trouble. I was old. I, I felt like I couldn't remember anything. I had, so I had trouble. I had trouble, too. But it was it was so I just remember to just have fun and. You know, some of the some of the um the followers and some of the people that watch it now, I, I get people come up to me now and be like, Hey, you're Von Miller from Dancing with the Stars. I'm like, Yeah, hey, <laughs> I, I gotta play football. I got a whole I got a whole career, you know, but it's, it, it was definitely a blessing to be involved with that for sure. It was I was working for NBC and and I still do, but with Heinz Ward at the time and Heinz won Dancing with the Stars. And when Heinz and I would go out to dinner, the middle-aged to older people would recognize him as the champion from Dance with the Stars, not a Super Bowl MVP, right? You got this career. Yeah, unbelievable. I spent the last 10 years of my career being the oldest guy on the team. So uh, enjoy it, take pride in it, and uh, longevity to you. Stay healthy and go get it. And good luck this year, Von. Hey, I appreciate you, Doug. I hope the family's well. I appreciate you for having me on the podcast, man. It's such an honor and a privilege to be here with you, man. I appreciate you for all the stuff that you've done for me in the past rest summer and just being a real friend, man. I appreciate you. Well, thanks again to Von Miller for joining me, being my guest. And, uh, you know, my interpretation of who Von Miller is completely changed with Dancing with the Star. He had a he had a dance partner that was about half his size and he was out there giving it all he had and had a great run. So uh, really fun having Von on. Let's move on to the Twitter questions, Tom, and uh, see what's going on out there in Twitter land. Yeah, every week you could uh, send your questions or comments to at Doug Flutie. We'll read them here on the podcast. And before I get to a couple here real quick. Who do you think would be the better dancer, Von Miller or Peyton Manning? I think we need Peyton on that show. <laughs> I think Von would be the better dancer. You know what? It is? Athletes in general are like you could do everything. You're so no, you can do the steps and everything, but you're tight. You know, the joints are tight, the muscle they get in the way. So maybe Peyton could be smoother because he's not quite as ripped up as a Von Miller. But uh, I, I got to give the nod to Vaughn. I don't know. I don't know if Peyton's got the dance moves. Yeah, quarterbacks are great at everything. So Quarterbacks you know, are willing to put in the time to be great at right. stuff. But some things are just, you got to have a little innate talent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No doubt about it. And this guy has a unique talent. Uh, once again, in week two, Tom Brady, five touchdown passes against the uh, Falcons. And this question was actually from last week, and I thought it was worth mentioning. This guy says, no professional athlete has ever been as spectacular as Tom Brady at 44 years old. He said, maybe Gordy Howe, but you spent time around Tom Brady. So just take it away there. Well, his work ethic is, is second to none. And I know that uh, I, people don't see how many hours go into preparation for, for a game. And Tom's got the routine down and he knows what he's doing. The, the part of staying healthy. I mean, to stay healthy for 17 weeks is going to be tough. Uh, but I think he's figured it out that part. Number one, Tom just needs his head and his arm to be successful. He doesn't like when I played to 43, I had to still be able to make people miss for me to be successful and elude people that came to an end. Tom, as long as he's got his head and his arm, he's just sliding his feet a little bit and throwing a football and he, he's good to go. And what he has realized towards the end of his career, maybe he figured it out early in the middle of his career is the pure strength, the, the weight room strength, the, the lifting is not as important as the flexibility. The flexibility continue to stretch. Uh, he has his routine of what it is. 
But that becomes more important because your muscles and tendons and everything become a little less elastic as you get older. And that part, if you can keep that mobility as far as stretching in the arm, uh, he can play as long as he wants. And I, I said that about Brett Favre when he retired early, that Brett had a big arm and that, that these guys that have, have the good arm and know the game can play as long as they want. And it's, it's really fun to watch because Tom looks as healthy uh, he looks like he did when he was in his late twenties or you know mid twenties. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And he had some fun with Rob Gronkowski on a thing they do on the Buccaneers website. I think it's Tommy and Gronk, where he said, "You know, why not? Why can't I play till 50? He and he was saying, "I'm a, I'm in Florida. I'm already in the retiree state." <laughs> so he, he had some fun with that. But I don't think it would surprise any of us. I don't think it would. I mean, like I said, he you know it's the arm. He's got weapons around. The thing is, as you get older, in in especially in Tom's position. He's going to need some guys around him that are superstar. He's going to need the big time receivers and a good offensive line the older you get. But I don't doubt anything. Surprised a lot of people. Carolina Panthers now 2-0 and behind Sam Darnold. Uh, one question this week. Is it a bit surprising, Doug? Is it a fluke, better system for Sam Darnold? What do you think is the reason? Not just a better I think the, the main reason, you know, I don't know the specifics of Carolina's situation of why they're getting good, right? But I will say this about Sam Darnold. The fresh start is what he needed. You, you get beat up and beat up and beat up and you get beat down. You start losing your confidence. You get to a new situation. It's like someone lifts the weight of the world. It's the same reason teams that are struggling when they fire their head coach, nothing changes. The head coach gets removed and an offensive coordinator, someone takes over short term and they start playing well. It's because you want it so bad and you, you've got these negative experiences happen that just pile up on you and it gets tough. And now he's got a new beginning, a new start with a fresh team with some things in place to be successful. I always thought Sam Darnold was a good quarterback. I covered him in his college days. His one negative to me back then and early on in his career, and this happens when you're fighting from behind and, and, and trying to you know, come from behind all the time is you don't know when to give up on a play and you wind up making mistakes because, hey, I'm down by two scores. There's 10 minutes to go. I got to make a play. I'm going to hang on this ball. I'm going to force one in. That's stuff that that has haunted him over the years. Sometimes just throw the ball away, put it in the ground or take the sack. Um, he, he wouldn't do that. Now he's in a situation to be successful. And it's like you start thinking more clearly you study a little harder and it's, it's, it feels natural. It doesn't feel like a burden to you. All those things, when the, when the situation is positive, become a lot easier. And I think he's always had the ability. He's got a fresh start. And I actually, I, I'll pat myself on the back to say this, that when the draft happened and he got to move, I thought he was the winner in the draft. You know, he's going to get a fresh start in Carolina. And, uh, you know, whether it continues or not, that, you know, people got to stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy, all that. But, uh, it's good to see him have some success. One more for the NFL here before we get to a little CFL action. Bills won 35 to nothing over the Dolphins on Sunday. Buffalo defense really dominated dominated the game. Tua went out with an injury. But kind of Josh Allen through, you know, two games. Got the big contract, all the MVP talk last year, going into this year. Struggled a little bit, but just kind of what do you see for Josh as the season goes on and Buffalo in general? <laughs> I think uh, the number one thing for Josh is you got to find consistency and be there week in and week out. I thought he found that last year. A um, little slow start last week or two weeks ago, but there's no ceiling for him. He's he's got the big arm. He's athletic. He plays. You know, I was ta I talked about the era of the athletic quarterback. He is a big athletic quarterback, not afraid to run the ball and run it tough and run it hard, which uh, it endears 
him to his offensive line, endears him to the guys around. They all believe in him. I was up there, uh, it was actually two years ago, but I was up there. I see how these guys look at him. I see the talent level in Josh. Uh, I think last year I thought they were going to make a serious run at the Super Bowl. They did not play their best football in the playoffs. I didn't think Josh played his best football in the playoffs. And that's the next step. He's been there now. He's been to a playoff level. He's got to get them back there. But I think he will be more comfortable the second time around come playoffs and that this team will play solid football. They've got a great defense. They had a great defense last year. So a lot of high expectations in Buffalo. Uh, like I said, I thought it might've happened last year and they're this, they're, they're very close and I love watching Josh Allen play. And he's kind of a blend of the big, strong quarterback that can stand in there, take some shots and deliver the ball up the field, but also mobile enough to make plays with his feet. Uh, one last one here. We'll go to the CFL for this one. Uh, the Hamilton Ticats, Pete Calgary, and uh, star quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell. It was his first loss to the Cats. Now, I mean, that's pretty incredible. I believe it was over 12 games, wow. something like that. But you know, I, I'm trying to think of well, – Bo, Bo's been in Calgary for quite a while, and he's, he's become a legend of the CFL. Um, he's got a great uh, mentor, and Dave Dickinson is the head coach up there, and John Huffnagel's been around that league a long time. So Calgary is always a standard. You know, they're always good. Ticats have been, been down for a while. Even in my years, you know, we would beat we would beat Hamilton. The one guy that beat me was Matt Dunnigan. Matt Dunnigan was a heck of a quarterback. He does some announcing up there now, but uh, Matt was a tough guy, and and he beat me when he was in in Hamilton. So that that's big for the Tie Cats to get that win in Calgary. It's tough. Uh, a third string quarterback. It goes to and I you know I don't know the situation, but sometimes when you have nothing to lose, you just go out and play. And when you're when you're not expecting to play, when you're not when there's low expectations for you individually, it's there's no nerves involved and you just go out and, and turn it loose and just play football. Um, uh, good for the Thai Cats, And uh, it doesn't tarnish uh, Bo Levi's legacy at all. One of these days it was bound to happen that you lose to Hamilton. Always love answering the questions because it brings up the stories and brings up some memories for me a lot of times, like being able to talk about the CFL, Buffalo, you name it. So keep the Twitter questions coming. It's a lot of fun. And remember, you can get the Flutie Flakes cast on Apple, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to rate and review. The Flutie Flakes cast is a part of the SiriusXM podcast network. The executive producer is Tom Cress. The associate producers are Chris Tyler and Denny Gallagher. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen. Serious XM Podcasts.